0: On tonight's episode of the podcast, we talk COVID and the Raptors, the NBA All-Star, Arnold Palmer Invitational, I Make My Picks, and I talk NFL free agency plus Ricky Fowler. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast. Wednesday, everyone, welcome to the podcast. Lots to cover on the show today, as always. So let's kick it off with the Toronto Raptors. They are currently playing the Detroit Pistons, and they are depleted. And when I mean depleted, I mean COVID struck the team. Again, uh, last weekend we had issues with Pascal Siakam, some of the coaching staff. Now it has expanded to the rest of the roster and still the coaching staff. Uh, Nick Nurse is still out. Uh, Salah Carlos is still coaching for the team. But OG, Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Malachi Flynn, Patrick McCaw, all of them have been affected due to COVID protocol within Uh, contact tracing so it is a big deal for the Raptors they are playing Detroit like I stated and they are playing depletedly now you got Bain starting Watanabe, you also have uh, Lowry you also have Norman Powell starting too and it's it's big it's a lot of players affected due to this outbreak and now so far it's only been isolated to the team so I guess there's been some Protocols violated, lack of masks being worn. So it is a big deal. So the NBA will be looking into it in regards to the Raptors. So we'll see how everything turns out for uh, the week. Uh, Now, it could be a week or two before we get this team back. Now, this does take a big hit. Uh, We are playing Boston tomorrow. It is the final games of uh, for at least a week. They don't return until the 10th because it's All Star weekend. I'll get into that later on uh, in the segment, but it is big. It is. It really is. So we'll see how everything turns out. If the Raptors win tonight, they're above 500. If they can somehow pull out a win tomorrow against Boston, they'll be, again, two games above 500. Now, I don't want to be looking ahead of that because we still have to complete. The game against the Pistons, we still have to beat uh, Boston to get that. So I don't want to be, you know, skeptical or, you know, cocky. But, you know, it would be good to have the Raptors going to the All-Star break despite having all these issues with, you know, the two games above 500. It would be good. It would be good. Just saying for how the way the season has started. But like I stated, I can't look past against Detroit and for, focus on Boston when we have even closed out the Pistons yet tonight, so hopefully the Raptors can beat them. They were playing strong off the bat. They're looking uh, within reach right now. They're only down a couple points, so we'll see what the Toronto Raptors can do. And then, you know what, once they get healthy, we'll see what the Raptors can do down the stretch. Uh, second half of the schedule has been released. I'll look into that on Saturday's episode of the podcast, and then Next week, uh, break everything down on how everything's going to be looking uh, going forward to see what the Raptors can do down the stretch because they have done a lot of traveling. So maybe the second half of the season will be home friendly. Who knows? It would be great. It would be. It would be happy that the Raptors can tra- uh, travel less, but you never know. So like I stated, uh, the NBA All-Star Game is happening this weekend. Uh, That is happening on March 7th, and then so is all the rest of the format as well. So when we're looking at the game itself, uh, you have your standard game, East versus West. Starting five for the East is Tatum, Irving, Embiid, Beal, and Giannis. Kevin Durant was the captain, but is out due to injury. So that is the starting five. And then the West, you have James Curry, Dokic, uh, Jokic, and Leonard. So it's going to be a good battle. Plus you have the rest of those rosters uh laid out but that's, that's the starting five for both. And now in regards to the skills competition slam dunk, uh, we have Simons, Toppin, Stanley. Now Simons plays for Portland, Toppins from the Knicks, Stanley for the Pacers. So that's going to be happening at the halftime of the All-Star game. So everything's happening in one day, which is good. That's great because before they were just having everything broken down within the weekend. You had the, you know, the young star, the up and comers, the uh, All Star or the Skills Comp the next day, and then you had you know the internationals versus the U.S. and then the f- final day was the All Star game. But this year everything's rolled into one, so you will see All Star game. Uh, you have the halftime slam dunk competitions, which is great. So you see those three go off. Now before the All Star game kicks off, you have the three point competition and the Skills Comp. So the Skills Comp is going to kick off first. You have Paul Goncich. Vucevic, uh, Sabanis, Randall, and Covington going off, and then you have the three-point competition, which is happening after, which everyone does look forward to watching. Everyone does. Everyone does. Like it's great. You have Levine, you have Mitchell, Tatum, Booker, Curry, and Brown. That's going to be a good matchup too. Who's going to win that? I'm saying it's going to come down to Curry and Booker. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what's gonna be between those two. Skills comp, we know what Luca can do, we know what Chris Paul can do, we know what Vukovic can do, Randall's gonna be an interesting one, Sabinus will be interesting too, and Covington, so we'll see how they go. Now in regards to the slam dunk competition. It could be anyone. I'm going to be guessing anyone could win it, because um, you know what? I've seen some of these guys dunk. You know, but we'll see what they can come up with. What creativity can they show for this event? But good job on the NBA getting the uh, All Star game back. It's good. You know, fans do love it. And it's good that they have the skills comp, and it's a good job that they've done to reduce uh, the the, con- uh, the contact, as I would say. Sorry, lost a little con. Uh, lost a little. You know. Uh, Went off key there for a second. Sorry, lost my moment. There we go. Found myself. Uh, But, you know, good on the NBA to get everything back. Having the skills comp back, finding ways to reduce the contact, be able to get everyone in because majority of these guys are actually in the all-star game which is good so we'll see how everything turns out this weekend it is in atlanta uh, as i believe so i'll talk about that on monday's episode of the podcast as well but no uh happy that the all-star game is back lost the cover Uh, for this weekend I do have my NBA picks coming up later on with my NHL Thursday so tomorrow is the last day of NBA games of the regular season until March 10th and that's when it kicks off again so we'll see that if the Raptors can get everything going we'll talk about my picks uh, later on in the podcast but you know what just happy that there is an all-star game happy that we'll see the good skills competition and much more so we are about 14 days from NFL free agency, and I'm just looking at NFL.com's top 100 free agents uh, coming up. And, you know, there's a lot of questions on who's going where, which team's going to get what, um, who's going to sign how much, and it's always the big question. Now, the salary cap is estimated to be, be between $180 and $185 million and 185000000 dollars um, yes I'm well aware of how much that is but it is going to be lower than last year then it's expected to look looks like it's going to go on the rise again for the following season just because uh, the return of fans is a probability in the next year or so uh, but so far the top three four teams that have salary cap uh, is the Colts, Jaguars, Jets, and the Patriots. Colts have around uh, over 45 or around $45 million in space, which is second right now, and the Jags, I believe, that are in first, so it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Now, Dak Prescott is the number one QB on the market, and he's part of a big carousel of QB issues this season. Uh, As you know, we've talked about Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and now Dak Prescott, who has recently come out and said that he wants to be paid second behind uh, Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes has done one thing that Dak has not. Uh, two trips to the Super Bowl. That's one thing on his resume. Dak hasn't yet to win a playoff game the last couple of years. The Cowboys haven't been the best. They're playing in a weak division. One, Dak was also injured, so we understand that. But the Cowboys are not really the team that we think that they are. They're not America's team, really. They're not the most dominating team out there. They're just players with talented, ro- sorry, they're players on a talented roster. Uh, but is Dak really worth the money? Because we know last year there was talks that he wanted upwards around 40 million dollars. Now, we've seen what happens with the salary cap with quarterbacks and how that can affect your roster. That's the crazy thing. It can just kill your roster. Now, if you get $40 million for one player, that's what, a fourth? Depending on how you've developed or how you arranged your salary cap, that's a fourth of your cap. That's a big hit. Now, KC has done a phenomenal job with Mahomes. They've uh, backloaded it so as he gets later on in, on in his career, the cap hit is going to be higher. But it's front or it's loaded in the front where it's not really that high. But could they could they do that with Dak Prescott, especially with his injury, and he's actually worth up to or behind Patrick Mahomes. Like Russell Wilson gets 30 million. The average market for a quarterback now is 25. You're paying your backups close to 20. So we'll see how everything turns out. It is, you know, a crazy market. But when we're looking at other players, uh, Chris Godwin uh, is one of the top wide receivers. Trent Williams, uh, Sharif is are the two top offensive linemen. Uh, Shaq Barrett is an outside linebacker, but he fits more in a three-four offense. Uh, Allen Robinson there as well. Kenny Galladay, he is a talented receiver, but he's just not, you know, durable. He's had a lot of injury concerns since his rookie season. Uh, Hunter Henry, he is the top uh, tight end, so the Colts are looking at him as well. And when we're looking at other players, Levante Davis, uh, Levante Davis, sorry, teammate of Shaq Barrett, uh, Juno Smith, and then who else are we looking at here? Juju Schuster-Smith is also on the list as well Uh, Aaron Jones running back Bud Dupree that's another one but some of these outside linebackers are outside linebackers in a 3-4 so it's really hard to say what their value is going to be and Juju Schuster-Smith you know there's talent there but the question is character we also what happened in the playoffs last year when he went against you know the Cleveland Browns and you know Corey Davis is there too Corey Davis is actually an under underrated wide receiver he could actually fit well with a nice team he actually had a good season he's had you know good seasons with uh the titans i'm um, just taking a look at his career and his stats so uh we we're looking at 2020 just under a thousand yards you know uh, 600 yards the year before uh 891 yards in 2018 so he's He's had a good production, just under twenty nine hundred or twenty-eight fifty in regards to career yardages. Uh TDs, nothing really to scream out. Only five last year. Hasn't really gotten to that double digits, but he looks like a guy that could help you get those additional yards. He has had production. Uh now we'll see what happens when he gets a other quarterback. Maybe. Maybe you can see him going to the Buccaneers for with Tampa Bay if they lose out on Godwin. Davis and Brady. That could be interesting. You never know. He could be like that Dion Branch role from back in the early days of the Patriots, but free agency has always been great. We always want to see how much money is being spent, who's getting the big contract, who's going where, who's doing this, but it is always big. It is. Now again, we're two we're two weeks away. August or. March 17th. We all know that March 17th is also St. Paddy's Day. So maybe some people will get the luck of the Irish and get that big payday that they've always wanted. But you don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the QB carousel is going to be like. We don't know if Russell Wilson is going to be with the Seahawks. We don't know who's getting drafted. Pro days are coming up as well. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. That's what I'm going to say. A lot of money is going to be there uh, come the 17th. Now, the first day is always big. But again, you know, we may see one or two big contracts, and then we'll see it window down because you know the market's gonna be inflated. Well actually maybe the market's gonna be the market's gonna be opposite in previous years. Maybe there's not gonna be that much of an inflation just because a the cap is not that big. You know, there is the risk, you know, plus who's gonna spend what? Who's gonna be demanding who? Who's actually gonna be demanding the most guaranteed? Who's gonna be demanding term plus guaranteed? That's what the players are looking at now. It's not about, like, you know, how much I get in the contract. It's the guaranteed of the contract. So, you know, Kirk Cousins, the king of the contract, got his full contract guaranteed. Same with uh, other quarterbacks as well and other players. It's all about how much guaranteed can I get? Because that's the key. They want to be paid. They want to know that they're going to be paid. That's the concern. And listen, for the Colts' contract with Carson Wentz for this final four years, two years he's getting paid. That's it. The rest of it, it's off the, like, it's not, it's all bonuses and, you know, stuff that he needs to get that he has to earn. It's not earned. It's only guaranteed for the first part. So that's the key. It's always about the guarantee term and guarantee how much are they going to get and if it's a short term can they get it fully guaranteed so we'll see what this offseason does or this free agency sorry uh for the nfl is it going to be term or is it going to be combination of term and guarantee or is it just going to be guaranteed because that's what the players are looking for if you look at nba nhl it's all guaranteed that's what that's what's big about the contracts they all get their guaranteed funds. NFL has just got so much going on. That's it. And the players don't always have that luxury. They're always looking for that second payday, and they want to make sure that it's fully guaranteed, whether it's, you know, if they get paid $10 million, they want to make sure it's $9.9 million guaranteed. If it's $50 million, they want to make sure it's $45 million guaranteed. If it's the $100 million, well, try and get me at least $80 million guaranteed. That's what they want. That's what they need. They're looking for that big payday where they know that they're going to be fine down the road. But will we see that? Will there be an inflation or will there be a silent, you know, running through the offseason? We saw it with baseball the one year when we just didn't know who was going to go where and how much was going to get paid because players in baseball were just going to be demanding so much, especially during that Bryce Harper. Um, Manny Machado era and you know it's just wondering what's going to happen Mike Trout as well you know Mookie Betts how much of the contract was going to be there how much of a payday were you going to give now they're not going to be getting you know Trout and Machado or Mookie Betts money they're not Patrick Mahomes who got that same contract but there are players that are going to want that payday to be like you know what I'm going to be comfortable I'm going to be set for life and my family will be too that's what they're looking for that's what Dak is looking for He's not worried. He wants term plus he wants guaranteed. That's what it's all about. It's all about the guaranteed. So we'll see again what this offseason brings. It's going to be interesting. Uh, but maybe, maybe we don't see a rise. Maybe we see a silent couple days. We'll see one or two signings, maybe a big one. And then maybe it's just quiet for the remainder of it. But who knows? I could be wrong. I could be very very wrong. So the Arnold Palmer Invitational is kicking off tomorrow. Uh, so we do have a good field. You got Molinari. You got Rory. You got Deshambo. You got Rose. You got Fleetwood. Day. Horshoe, And Ricky Fowler. I will get to Ricky Fowler in a moment in regards to his state of play. But the Arnold Palmer has always been a great one. Uh, The great Arnold Palmer, the king, uh, it's always been his tournament. He had passed away a few years ago. One of the greatest golfers of all time. And I did talk about him on one of my podcasts earlier on in the season, uh, especially in regards to when we got closer to the Masters, when I did my top 10 greatest of all time. Uh, Now for the Canadians, when we're getting to the field for them, Hadwin Taylor, Connors. Those three are big. Uh, they, uh, hopefully, they can qualify for the weekend, make it to moving day. You know, it'd be great if we got a one, two, three finish for all the Canadians, but it's going to be tough. Now, uh, the Canadians have been playing. Consistent. They haven't been great. They've been consistent, which doesn't scream out. Uh, last weekend we talked about Hadwin uh, and all those guys competing at the WGC plus the Puerto Rico. Hughes played okay, not really great. Uh, he finished, I believe it was th- two over uh, for the weekend. Uh, Hadwin, uh, Pedrith, uh, Connors, all those that played on the weekend, they weren't really screaming, voila. Uh, but overall it was you know a quiet weekend for the Canadians, and it's been a quiet year for them as well. Nothing really screaming out, saying domination. So hopefully this weekend we can see that, especially with the lead-up to the Masters. And now the next few tournaments... Are going to be key. We have the players. We have the Honda. We have the, another WGC. Uh, so those are all going to be key. Plus the Texas Open, and then you have the Masters kicking off in April. All those tournaments are going to be key, key, especially leading up to it when it comes to qualification. And now I'll get to qualification in a moment, just because now I'm going to be leading into Ricky Fowler. Why do I bring up qualification and Ricky Fowler? Because Ricky Fowler may not be able to make the Masters this year due to his rankings in the world. Now he. Did win the Players years ago, uh, but that was in 2015, and that got him a three-year exemption. Plus, his play and his rankings in the top 50 was got him there as well. Plus, he's played very well in the Masters in the last couple of years. And depending on where you end up, it qualifies you for next year. So I do have the rules or how to qualify uh, to get into the Masters. Now, if you're a Masters champion, a lifetime exemption. So Tiger. Uh, you know Adam Scott you know, when you're looking at Jordan Spieth Justin Thomas when you're looking at those guys that have won Dustin Johnson they're all exempt they can play forever past golfers still play those that have retired and won the tournament still show up and play Mike Weir Canadian uh, arguably the best can- male Canadian golfer uh, has won the Masters and exempt you'll see him there at the tournament as well but yes Exemptions: uh, U.S. Open, British Open, PGA Open. If you are a winner, you get a five-year exemption. Winner of the Players, I talked about that because I referred it to Ricky. Three years. U.S. Gold Olympic medalist, one year. Amateur champions, you're getting at least one year, unless you're the uh, unless you're current U.S. Uh, sorry, current Asian. So current Asia Pacific amateur, current Latin America, current U.S. amateur. You're just the, if you're the current one, you get that exemption, uh, and then you know first 12 players, including ties, in the previous Masters tournaments so of top 12, top four including ties for the open plus the pga plus the british and then winners of pga tour events that award a full point allocation for for the season ending tour championship from previous masters to current masters so any events that assist with that so that's why some of these tournaments are key especially like the arnold palmer the honda classic those ones are key for that as well as well sorry for that and then you have the top 50 leaders on the official on the final world rankings from the previous calendar year so those top 50 and then the 50 leaders on the official world golf rankings published during the week prior to the masters so any tournament happening to that final week which is the texas valero open which i discussed about that's going to be key especially for your rankings we have to see what's going on so wgc Players, the Honda, those are all critical tournaments when you're leading up to it because it's all about how you're going to be playing. It's all about who's going to be there. So when we're looking at you know those rankings, and I'm just going to take a look here because I had it pulled up. When we're looking at the top fifty, now like I stated, some of them I'm not screaming. I had Francisco Molinari play because when I re did when I did a recording earlier, I was wondering about Francisco Francisco Molinari because. Uh, he, he ha- I thought he had won a master, so I had to go and correct myself, which I did. He did win the British Open back in 2018, so he's already in the master. So that's an example right there. By winning another major, you get that five years of qualification. So when we're looking at the top 50, you're not really worried about them. Or, well, you could be worried about the bottom. So the top half, I'm not really too concerned with. Because when you look here, you got Kevin Naught, Adam Scott, Matsuma, uh, who stays in Fleetwood? Wolf, English, Casey, M. Hofflin, Kepka, uh, Shambo, uh, Kepka, who has dominated the last couple years, has exemptions from other previous majors, so this does help him out too. Uh, Shifley, you got J. T., you got Rom, you got D. J., who is a Masters champion and the defending champion going into that week. So we'll see how it goes. Bryson Shambo, will he? Uh, respect to Gussa after last year, calling it—I believe it was called—a par 67. So we also what happened to him during that week, and then you got Shane Lowry, Lee Westwood, who has been a figure in the uh, majors. Will he finally win? He is one of the best golfers that have never won a major. You got Jason Day. You have uh, Gary Woodland, and then when we're looking outside the top 50, we have those that are just on the edge. Yes, Tiger Woods is there, but. Tiger Woods is exempt, but sadly he will not be there uh, this year due to what has happened to him. Uh, Bubba Watson, he will be there due to his exemption by winning. He's a two-time Masters winner. And then when we look at others like Ian Poulter, Corey Connors, Spieth will be there as well. We know that. Uh, Ricky Fowler. And Ricky Fowler, that's the question. Will he be there? Will he be able to qualify? He has not been playing good golf since the start. And you know what? This could be his first time missing. And so currently he's sitting 65th in the world. Uh, needs to be in the top 50, like I talked about. And he's missed the last, you know, he's only made 10 cuts of his last 25 starts. And this year he has been bet of the greatest, only one top 10, or one top 20, no top 10s. So it's going to be tough. These these tournaments the next couple weeks are going to be tough for him because he's got to get in there. And no better place to start than the Arnold Palmer tournament. Listen, he struggled at waste management. He's had some... Issues, we'll see what he does. I know Nick Faldo's taking a shot at him, saying, "Well, if he misses, he has plenty of time to film commercials." And a lot of people have questioned his etiquette, his you know training. Is he taking time to focus on his game? You know, you see him out and doing multiple commercials, but you know what? We want to see him do well. He's one of those golfers I'd like to see win a major, whether it's one or two. Just have that one. I've talked about how the struggle of trying to win a major. It is. It's one of the toughest things to win in sports. It is. It's tough to win it. Like, it's great that Tiger Woods has 15, Jack's got 18. You know, you, you have those golfers. Only three golfers have double digit wins in majors. It's not like you're screaming, ooh, this is so easy to win. Only double digits. DJ just won his second major. The U.S. Open, it's been years apart. Sergio took forever to win his first major. Forever. And we talked about him being, like, not the second coming of Tiger, but, like, the next big talent to come into the golf. You know, we've seen Rory and Jordan both collapse at the Masters, just collapse and not be able to compete. You know, it's a course that just beats you up, and, like, all the other majors, too. Augusta's always the same course. It's not like the others, the British, the U.S. Open, the PGA, where they all change. They all change locations every year. But Augusta stays the same, and they do things to, you know, make it tough on you they redesign it it is a great course it's one of the greatest courses ever to play but you know what it's it's something i would like to go and play and watch and go down that's that's on my list to do is go down to augusta and watch the masters but uh going back to it it's going to be tough for a rookie ricky to get there not rookie ricky to get there to Qualify. It is. A lot of pressure is going to be on him for the next month to see if he can be there uh come tee off time at Augusta. Maybe we'll see him at the par. Well, no, we may not see him. But it's going to be tough for him the next four weeks. It's going to be clutch time. He's sitting 65th. He's got to be top 50 to get in there. So I, I wish Ricky the best. I really do. But it's going to be a tough challenge the next couple of weeks. Well, it's Wednesday, so it's time for my picks. So I do my five NBA, five NHL. So NHL, I'm just going to fast forward to that quickly, doing three games on Friday, two games on Saturday, and I'll discuss those. Right now i got Washington versus Boston, Tampa versus Chicago, Anaheim versus Colorado, Pittsburgh and the Flyers, Kings and the Blues. Uh, those two games that I just last mentioned, Pittsburgh and the Flyers, Kings and the Blues, are happening on Saturday. First three games I talked about are happening Friday. Uh, so with my picks, I'm going with Boston over Washington chicago uh they're not gonna be able to handle tampa bay so i look at tampa bay for the win colorado uh, over anaheim taking pitt over the flyers and i'm taking the blues to win against the kings Uh, now for fantasy wise i hope that all my players give me tons of points i have lots of players happening this weekend especially with washington uh pittsburgh tampa bay faskaleski a plot let's hope that they give me points landed skog and nathan mckinnon and then you got Tory Krug and Cairo, and then you'll got Boston with March, not Barchand, uh, Bergeron. And so let's hope that we get that on. So, not Bergeron, uh, Bergeron. My apologies, mispronunciation. Bergeron was the, uh, was, is part of the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So, sorry for any confusion there. Bergeron, not Bergeron. So. And then moving over to my NBA picks, uh, we're looking at the Clippers versus the Wizards, Knicks versus the Pistons, Bucks and the Grizzlies, Blazers and the Kings, Spurs and the Thunder. Uh, both I had went 5-0 and last weekend. Let's hope for a 10-0 weekend as well. But I'm liking the Clippers and Washington. Knicks, I'm jumping on the train again. They helped me out last weekend. So let's see see if they can do it two weeks in a row. Blazers and the Kings. I'm going with Lillard and the Blazers. The Bucks and the Grizzlies going with the Bucks. And lastly, DeMar DeRozan and his Spurs. Hopefully for the W against the Thunders. Let's go for another 10 0 week. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Got to improve the record. Basketball, I'm doing fine with. NHL, not so much. I'm batting 500 at the moment. So. We'll see how everything goes uh, next week. And I'll discuss those picks on Monday. NBA I will discuss on Saturday, just because all the games are playing tomorrow due to All-Star weekend. And we'll have NBA games back starting next Wednesday. So happy for that. Also happy for the All-Star uh, game this weekend. I did talk about that earlier on in the podcast. I'll discuss a little bit more on Saturday's episode of the podcast as well. But again, let's hope for a 10-0 weekend, get some, wins uh, be perfect again, boost up that record right now, especially for my NHL picks. But again, uh, let's hope for a good weekend in the world of sports, especially NBA and NHL. Well, that's it for the show tonight. Uh, Covered lots. uh, Lots to cover on the weekend, especially Saturday. Like I stated, I'm going to cover my NBA picks. I'll try to cover some of my NHL picks since some of them play on Friday. Also look at English Premier League catch up on baseball because I rarely talked about it since I said I would talk about it the last couple episodes. Look at NBA free agency as well as looking at my top 10. And I will reveal my top 10 either through uh, po- my Instagram, podcast, or on Saturday's episode of the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on where you get it, whether it's Apple, Google, Overcast, as well as I'm available on Anchor and also tune in radio plus iHeartRadio as well. Also, uh, YouTube is slowly developing. I will have that available probably going to look at the end of March, uh, especially after the 100 episode, which is happening in a couple weeks. I'm finding that hard to believe that I've done 100 and I will be doing 100 uh, podcasts. Uh, and then uh, recapping the rest of the world of sports as well. And also the first three rounds of the Arnold Palmer. We'll see if Ricky Fowler is going to be included uh, in the top 10. We'll see if he'll be able to battle the next couple weeks. So we'll see how everything goes. Like I stated, I'm hoping for a 1-2-3 finish for the Canadians. But I talked about their consistency, not playing, they're consistent but not being dominant. But that is it for the show today. Again, I hope you enjoyed it. I will see you guys on Saturday. Have a great night. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast.